According to a new report, nearly 43% of teens have been victims of cyberbullying in the last year. A consequence of the coronavirus pandemic is cyberbullying. Kids are spending more time online and in isolation. And now that school has started, experts say the online hate is going up. Cyberbullying has become increasingly more common, but there are steps parents and students can take to stop it. This is C-Suite, the podcast where you'll hear stories from real people, leaders, and cybersecurity experts about how to stay connected and protected. Every episode, we'll explore different cyber challenges and highlight the many ways we can enhance our online security, reduce the likelihood of attacks, and improve our digital confidence. I'm your host, Claudette McGowan. Cyberbullying is a worldwide issue. According to a 2019 survey, 37% of teens aged 13 to 17 have been bullied online. Of them, 30% have experienced it more than once. One of the things that makes cyberbullying so common is that it can be committed by anyone. In fact, in many situations, kids are engaging in online bullying without realizing that what they're doing is wrong or harmful. Older generations did not work, learn, socialize, or live online to the extent that we are today. So the need for education on what online behaviors can be harmful to someone else is more important than ever. Regardless of who is doing the cyberbullying, the impacts can be severe and long-lasting. Cyberbullying can even be used as a tactic to make someone more susceptible to other cyber crimes. On today's episode, we meet a 25-year-old university student who was cyberbullied throughout high school on social media as well as online platforms. I'm a 25-year-old female from Canada and I was cyberbullied in high school. I went to a high school where, you know, it was a very specialized program and We had a very small class size. And so everyone sort of was in each other's business because it was a specialized program. It was difficult to kind of like make the time to socialize outside of the circle that you've created, which is essentially your classmates. And so um, Ask FM was very big around that time. It's a platform where you can anonymously ask what's your favorite color or like people would just randomly go around and ask accounts uh, like what is like the top five hottest boys or, you know, girls in our class. I didn't get Ask.fm until sort of a friend of mine was like, hey, you're like, your name is keeps popping up on Ask.fm, so maybe you should like check it out. I opened up an account and like one day I just saw this like comment where it was like, oh, like you need to go back to your country. Like you're um, a terrorist because people knew me as Muslim. When I came across that statement, like I didn't understand it because I was like, I'm not really sure like what this means. But obviously like now that I've, sort of gone through my education and I understand like these are very much Islamophobic comments that a lot of other, you know, Muslim people have faced. It was really troubling and upsetting. The cyberbullying our guest experience was not only cruel, but racist and Islamophobic. It was also one of the first times that she'd come face to face with blatant racism about her heritage. However, 
The bullying did not stop there. She experienced a form of cyberbullying where the perpetrators perhaps didn't realize how hurtful their actions could be. There's these lists that would go around where like boys would just kind of like rank girls um, in terms of like top ugliest. I was on one of the lists and I think like my friend was following an account where like a guy like posted, you know, a bunch of girls and like she was on it. I was on it. And so she actually shared with me. She was like, hey, like, I don't know why we're on this list. We were upset and disappointed that like, I don't know what we did to deserve to be on these lists. It was difficult to go through and know that like someone was like ranking you or someone like was judging you and didn't think that whatever the attributes and characteristics of like being attractive was. It became toxic because we were so pressured and because we felt we literally had no time to do anything because we had so much work to do all the time. Like this was really the only way that like people socialized. On top of feeling overwhelmed with her studies, she had to navigate a social situation that only existed online, one that hurt her deeply and caused real pain and frustration. So many kids today are experiencing their social lives online, just like this guest did. Meanwhile, they're tying their self-esteem to that online presence. I sat down with Erin Ellison, head of Pinterest Canada, to learn what young people and parents can do to better manage the potential for cyberbullying. People's self-image and self-definition is in many cases linked to their online presence. And that's becoming a bigger and bigger thing for younger generations. I mean, they won't ever know a world where you don't publish what you're doing with your friends at any given moment and you won't take a selfie. And so if you think about your online presence being inevitably tied to your self-esteem, the impact of having somebody say something damaging to you um, that others can read or even that is sent to you privately is massive. Especially if this happens at a point in, in your life where you're just trying to figure out who you are and what you stand for. And if enough people define you a certain way and say things about you, this can start becoming built into your own self-view in a really concerning way. So I think the impacts are big and chipping away at someone's self-esteem over time can result in very big and difficult consequences. We know that kids can have the tendency to gang up on the one who's least able to defend themselves. And as a kid, sometimes you don't, you just have no real awareness of the pain that's causing. And that's made even worse on the internet when you literally don't see the pain. Is this type of mentality to gang up on the most vulnerable, typical in cyberbullying? I asked my colleague and cybersecurity expert, Olivia, to explain. Cyberbullying can really escalate sometimes in these severe cases because of something called mob mentality, also known as pack mentality, which is really where a group of users can influence their peers. It's sort of like peer pressure where one person has an idea and then they pass it on to another person and another. And if you don't share that same idea, then you're going to be out of the group. So everybody just latches onto it. In the case of cyberbullying, of course, it's very negative, where then all of these different people, whether they know why they're doing this or not, end up attacking someone. In the story we're reflecting on today, mob mentality definitely contributed to the bullying our guest experienced. 
But according to her, an even bigger factor was the aspect of anonymity. I think one of the key features of Ask.fm is that you can be anonymous and you don't necessarily have an account to ask it. The guise of anonymity, I think, has given people power of like, I can say and do whatever the hell I want with no consequences. Like, no, people can actually trace back to your anonymous account. And if you say something problematic or you do something problematic or criminal, people are able to trace back to that. Think critically and think carefully about like your presence on the cybernet, essentially. It's like, you know, it's not this amazing utopia where like no rules exist. Real people are out there with real feelings and just... You know, be careful for like and be safe and also just make sure that you are also creating a safe um, environment for other people too. like don't say something that you yourself would not like to hear, you know, in real life, essentially. On top of the mob mentality and anonymity, there's also the issue of who to tell. In many cases, people who experience cyberbullying are afraid to report it for fear that it will only make things worse. And although 60% of young people have witnessed cyberbullying, very few intervene. This created a culture where her peers simply laughed it off. I think that was the unspoken agreement because Ask FM is such a silly, you know, it's like a, it's a silly thing. Like people just kind of like took it lightly, I think, because of the fact that everyone sort of pretended like it wasn't that big of a deal. I think that's why no one approached the faculty. And like, I think that like a lot of people would sort of laugh it off and be like, well, it's not really that serious. Like it's, it's a joke. You know, it's not like I'm targeting you specifically there. I think it like people sort of played it up and brushed it off as like a game rather than something that has more significance in someone's life and can be traumatizing or like can be really upsetting for someone. So often young people feel that cyberbullying is trivial or not a big deal. But according to Aaron, it's important for kids to understand that it's not okay and that telling an adult they trust could truly help. A child's ultimate safety valve is telling an adult what's happened. So if somebody is bullying them, either a named person or an unnamed person, the first thing they need to do is tell someone because there are people, of course, who can understand who those people are. And even if you can't, for some reason, track it back to a cell phone number or an IP address or anything like that, which of course we don't always have the tools to do, we can absolutely put that behavior and incident under the right microscope or or spotlight even, I should say, so that the broader community knows how incredibly shameful it is. Kids are by nature empathetic, But if they are not told that a set of behaviors is causing enormous pain for someone, they won't behave differently. For kids to talk about their experiences with cyberbullying, it's important for them to understand what it looks and feels like. I asked Olivia to explain the different types of cyberbullying. As internet use has increased, so has cyberbullying. Social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Ask FM allow for people and sometimes bots to really en masse bully their victims. Cyberbullying is any form of bullying or harassment using the internet. There can be sort of exclusionary where somebody is not necessarily bullied, but they're left out of activities. There can be uh, harassment, which is what most people would think of when they think of bullying. There's also something called doxing, 
which is where you sort of out somebody, post their name and their personal information on the internet for everyone to see. People can do really anything that you can do in in real life. You can do online. Exclusion, harassment, and doxing. Three types of cyberbullying that can cause severe mental health issues and long-term trauma. It's clear that cyberbullying is an issue that we have to keep younger generations well-informed on. But even adults can be susceptible to the effects of cyberbullying. And in many cases, the threats of these types of attacks go beyond emotional harm. Some cybercriminals will bully people online to make them more vulnerable to other cybercrimes. I asked Olivia to elaborate. This is something that's most uh, used in the political sphere, but different you know, organizations will create these fake accounts that are then called bots, basically robots. And they're used to spew out you know, misinformation or bullying to people, all sorts of different purposes. Well, on the uh, cybersecurity side of things, hackers are known to bully their victims to get what they want, obtain, you know, money and information. And actually, ransomware, it's a type of malware used to encrypt information and then hold it for ransom. That in itself is a form of cyberbullying because it's really used to intimidate people. Bullies will find whatever means necessary that they, uh, that they can to get what they want. And the internet is just a new method of that. So what can we do to mitigate the risk of cyberbullying? Olivia says it all starts with vigilance and transparency. Well, on most applications and most social media, there are ways to report posts. So I think that the application owners and moderators have to be really vigilant when they do see those reports that they can go in and actually close them down, block any of the users that they see as cyber bullies. But there can just be so much going on out there that I imagine it's very difficult to actually uh, pinpoint and, and stop it in time. I think that the organization should provide access to the resources that can alleviate some of the emotional strain that happens with cyberbullying. And uh, they should also really encourage people, you know, whether it's schools or uh, workplaces, encourage people to take a mental health day. There are just so many apps out there now that it's going to be really difficult for parents to keep track of. But I think that they should really encourage children to use privacy settings so that they can avoid any unwanted interactions. And that could hopefully... Uh, stop some of the cyberbullying and that they should just have candid conversations with their kids and ask them what apps are you using can I help you to make sure it's more secure explain to them that it's for their safety I asked Erin the same question she feels that as business leaders we have a social responsibility to ensure the platforms we create are safe If you create a platform of any kind where human beings communicate directly or indirectly, you have a responsibility to mitigate the negative things that happen on that platform, even if these were not things you ever envisioned. And so I think it's really important that all platform owners of all sizes 
understand what very proactive actions they can take, what resources and technology they can invest in to actively shut down misbehavior. And obviously there are there are tools that help us identify language that suggests somebody is being bullied. There are people who can be hired to monitor content. And I think you need both the digitized as well as the human-centric approach to being really, really accountable for reducing the amount of bullying or any kind of misinformation that's spread online that causes harm. And it doesn't matter if you envision that or not, or if that's what the platform was made for. I absolutely believe you have a social responsibility to do that. And what about those who experience cyberbullying firsthand? Our guest says, to mitigate the many risks that come along with online bullying, it's important to not stay silent. Creating a safe space where your child can tell their story is the first step to healing and potentially stopping the harassment. If you're a teacher, if you are a staff of a school, you need to make it abundantly clear that cyberbullying happens and it's a real thing and people are affected by it almost daily. Just to normalize these conversations and be like, hey, like if someone is harassing you on the internet, if someone is like saying inappropriate things and making you uncomfortable over the internet, that is wrong. And you should have the space to talk about it and process your feelings about it. And you should also have the right to report it if it gets to a point where it makes you that uncomfortable. I think like one of the biggest things is to just for people, teachers and staff to just talk about it and also make it really clear like, hey, if you're experiencing cyberbullying, if you know of anyone who's experiencing it, here are some resources that you can reach out to. You know, cyberbullying is a real thing. It happens and it can cause devastating effects for for many people. And it's valid and it's very significant. And I think people need to take it seriously. And I think if you've been a a victim of cyberbullying yourself, I just want to say that, like, it feels terrible. And I'm incredibly sorry for anyone who who feels this way, because I I understand that it can be really socially isolating because it's not it, it almost feels like, you know, like, okay, but it didn't really happen in real life. It happened over the Internet. But it's like the Internet is a real place, you know, like what happens to you on the Internet is just as real as what happens to you in real life. Aaron agrees that reaching out for help is the best thing you can do and that young people need to know that it's okay to talk about cyberbullying. Telling your story is important and ensuring that you talk about it, uh, talk about it as you're experiencing it. Tell somebody you trust, tell many people you trust so that you don't have to solve these things alone. It's so important that people understand that They're not the first victim of such behavior. They won't be the last. And there are people and tools that exist to support and help them. So I don't want people to suffer alone. And then when uh, they have unfortunately been tied to, to a bad experience, either as the victim or the perpetrator, I think they have uh, an opportunity to talk about their story and really help create communities that are empathetic to what happens because again information is the is the real tool here in education and so the more you talk about hey this is what happened this was the consequence the more people that will think twice you know before they do something that could damage somebody else online after hearing today's story and getting more insights from Aaron and Olivia here are three key takeaways from our conversations first Anyone can be cyberbullied. We live in a digital world 
which means new apps and websites are available to cyberbullies all the time. And on many of them, the perpetrator can stay entirely anonymous while they harass another user. Keep a close eye on what your kids are doing online and encourage them to use privacy settings diligently. Second, cyberbullying can be used as a gateway to other cyber crimes. Even as adults, we need to make sure we're staying aware in our online interactions. If someone is trying to intimidate us, it may be with the goal of stealing sensitive information. And third, there are many forms of cyberbullying, all of which can be incredibly damaging. Unlike many other cyber crimes, some perpetrators might not be aware of the pain they're causing when they can't see the other person's reaction. That's why it's so important to educate yourself, your colleagues, and your kids about what cyberbullying is and how to talk about it. The more our kids know, the less likely they'll be to engage in cyberbullying or stay silent if it happens to them. Cyberbullying is just as much of an attack as any other cybercrime we explored on C-Suite. To mitigate it, we need to speak up, seek out education, and support each other online and off. I want to give a huge thank you to our guests, Olivia and Aaron, for joining me today. And special thank you to our anonymous guest who bravely told her story. And thank you for listening to C-Suite. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a rating and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm Claudette McGowan. Tune in for our next full episode on May 13th. And remember, with over 4 billion of us online, we have to do everything possible to keep ourselves connected and protected.